0: Amen. Come on, give the Lord a shout. Amen. Hallelujah. Come on. Come on. I am excited to be here. It's going to be a great day. Last night we had an amazing service and God showed up. And I believe that today God wants to do some amazing things in your life. I don't know where you're at or what's going on, but I do know this. There's, there's a lot going on right now. I do know this, that, that there's a lot going on in the world right now. And, you know, this last week, uh, we got to sit down um, with a bunch of different uh, community leaders and youth pastors from all around the area, and we got to take students, and it's about 30 to 40 students, and we went to a park, and we got to sit down and just talk about some of the struggles that were going on in life, and how many, we've had so many suicides in the last month, and we've had so many uh, abuses come out in the last month, and, and, and it's just, it's crazy. Things are going on right now. Man, the enemy's at work. It seems like right now, more than ever, man, families are under attack. Uh, uh, personal, personal attacks are coming like they've never come before. But I believe that no matter how bad it looks, no matter how bad it gets, that God is still God. And that we can still live a life of, vi- of victory because that's what God has called us to do. And so I just want you to know that today I want to encourage you. Today I want you to leave here encouraged, knowing that, hey, I can do what God's called me to do. It no, doesn't matter how bad it looks, doesn't matter how dark it is. It could be midnight, and you could be sitting in a cell. But God is still God, and He is faithful to do exactly what He said He's going to do. Can I get an amen? amen? Come on, this today. Can we be? Can we be? Uh, can, can we be excited to be in church? Yeah. Could, could we be? Um, energized could we let our caffeine kick in and could we get some responsive i work really well when you respond if you hear something good please give a response it helps me and and i believe that god has called us not just to be hearers of the word but to respond to be doers so today could we respond good good lately my prayers have been a little bit different um Getting ready for this week and the last couple months, I've just been uh, uh, praying and and getting ready. I knew I was supposed to be pre- preaching this weekend, and 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 my prayers have been less of um, God. I need you to bless this, or God, I need you to bless me. I I need you to bless my list of items, or but 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 it's been God. I I ask that you would bless my perspective. God, I ask that you would bless the way I'm seeing things. And. How many know when you ask God to do some things, he does it, right? And then you're like, time out. I don't want this anymore, you know? Uh, and that happened. You know, I'm, I, I was watching a sermon online and by, a, by an evangelist. It's super well known, and he's been around for a long time and does, has done some amazing things. And I remember just sitting there. And it was earlier this week, and I was just praying, God, one, bless my perspective. And, and, but in this moment, I was praying, God, I, I want to be like this. I remember just my heart began to stir, and I I just was watching him and listening to the stories that he told. And I was just, God, I, I want to be like that guy. God, I want I want my stories to be similar to his stories. I want you to use me the way you've used him. And I started praying, God, use me. God, here I am. I'm available and I'm ready. Because that's all you need, right? I just need to be willing and available, and God will use me. And God just use me. I want you to use me. Please use me. And God spoke to my spirit in that moment and my perspective changed. And he said, "I don't want you to pray that I would use you. I want you to pray that you would become usable." And that really that really kind of made me mad. <laughs> Cuz it's like time out, man. <laughs> what do you mean that I would become usable? like I am right now like that's. look at me here I am I'm praying that you would use me and I've matured and I'm like have full facial hair now like how much more do I have to be usable and 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 it's you know what's interesting is we would pray that God would do things for us and and we would have all this faith and we'd make huge bold statements I know he's going to do it and But then when the table turns and he's asked you to do something and he's put the ball back in your court, it's interesting how we tend to back off. It's interesting how we tend to to step out of the light a little bit, how our bold statements come just a little less bold, you you know, because God's asking you to do something. See, I believe that God has done everything that he's going to do, that he sent his son Jesus to die on a cross for us. And he, he died and he rose again three days later. And he defeated death for us, and he defeated sickness for us, and he defeated poverty for us. I believe that was the end all, that was the answer. And now it's our job to step into what he's called us to do. Now it's our job to step into the calling that he's placed on our lives. Because we'll say things like, God, I need you to heal that person. Or God, I know this person and they need to be saved. But do you know that the Bible says that you have salvation on your lips and that you have healing in your hands? I think God is waiting for us to change our perspective a little bit and to have us start getting into the action a little bit more. God is waiting on you. And today I would pray that our perspective could be changed a little bit because I think we spend so much time trying to get God to see things from where we're at. No, God, listen, you don't understand have you even seen what this guy is doing? Have you, even, have you been around him for five minutes? You don't even get it. Or, or how many, hey, you haven't had to live with my husband. Like, you don't get it, God. I need you to do something. But our perspective needs to be shifted a little bit. Because we try and get God to see things from our perspective when in reality, the whole time, he's just trying to get us to see things from his perspective. Man, God is, I promise you, today God is asking I, I know it's hard. I know you might be going through something right now. But if you could just see it from my point of view, if you could just see what I see, I bet your outlook would be a little bit different. See, I bet your outlook would be a little bit different. See, I believe that our perspective can either be our passport or a prison. I believe that our perspective could be the thing that keeps us bound and it keeps us from moving and doing what God has asked us to do or i think it could be the tool that launches us into what God has asked us to do what is your past what is your perspective today is it a chain or is it a catapult what are you going through has it stopped you from doing what God has asked you to do has it kept you from moving forward has it turned you into from a positive into a negative person? What is your perspective? Did you know that your perspective is a product of the people that you're around? Yeah. That your perspective is a byproduct of your connections. See, that's why when people get around negative people, they tend to be a little bit more negative. That's why when they, they say, hurt people, hurt people. Healthy people heal people. Your perspective is based off of your connections. That's why when we lift our hands in worship, we don't lift our hands as to say that, well, because my hands are lifted high, that God is going to work in my life more than he is in the guy down the road from me because his hands aren't lifted. But it's a perspective change. I know that when I lift my hands, the strength begins to come into my life in areas where I need God to work. And I know that when my hands are lifted, that God sees that, and he begins to become strength in my weaknesses. Not, it's not the situation changing. It's my perspective changing. I know that because I'm connected to God, because I have a connection to God that it's not, I don't see lack. I see all my needs are met according to his riches and his glory. I don't see it the way it is. I see how God has offered it to be. Come on. Who are you connected to? What are you connected to? Your perspective can either be your passport or it can be your prison. And today I'm praying that our perspective could be changed just a little bit, that we could leave here with maybe just a different perspective. See, in verse 22 it says that the mob showed up and began to attack. And it says that the chief magistrate stripped them of their clothes and ordered them to be beaten with rods. After they had been inflicted with many blows on them, they threw them in jail. See, we read this and it doesn't look like a very good picture. (laughs) Like that doesn't look like I want to follow Jesus. (laughs) (laughs) Like, this is after many blows. It would have been one for me. I'm like, okay, I get it. (laughs) Like... I'm sorry, you know, <laughs> but it's interesting when your perspective changes. A couple of weeks ago, Pastor Tom talked about um, our perspective and he titled his message This Place. And it was cool because he talked about how Jesus, his best friend, John the Baptist had just been beheaded and he went off and it shows us his perspective versus the disciples perspective. And do you know that when you read the Bible, the, the disciples are a great picture of us as followers, that we can relate to the disciples. We can see how they respond and how God teaches them. And, and what's cool is, you know, the disciples saw a crowded place, but it says that Jesus saw a place of solitary. You know, and, in the, in the, in the, in the, and I encourage you, go back and watch that message because it'll change the way you see things. But the disciples saw a needy place all these people needed food but Jesus saw a healing place you know the, the disciples saw a barren place they saw an empty place but Jesus saw a place that was more than enough it's interesting how the things that we see but God has a completely different perspective on it and it's funny because it's not like we don't see what's here it's not like we can't like like i know the situation you're in it's not like it's not there like, we can see it, but it, it's, it's not what we see, but how we see it. The, Jesus and the disciples were in the same place, but it was how they saw that place. I wonder if how you're seeing the place that you're in right now might be a little bit off. And I wonder if today we might be able to take a step back and change our perspective. See, I believe that when you come to church, you're investing in your perspective, That when you come into this place, you're saying, God, I need you to change my perspective. But I think sometimes we can come into church, but we have like a set in stone mindset. They begin preaching or teaching and and you say, yeah, but you don't understand. Like I get that might be good for that person. That's probably good for that person, but you don't see what I'm dealing with. Or I wonder how many of us sit here and we think in our head like, yeah, I know that. I know that, I know, I know, you're right, yeah, I know, I already know that. But I wonder how many of us come in here with the mindset of, God, I just need you to touch my mind. God, I need you to touch and, and bless the way that I'm seeing this. God, please just help my perspective today. God, you see what I'm dealing with, you see where I'm at, you see the pain, the suffering, but God, I pray that today you would change how I see that. God, today I pray that you would bless my perspective. And that's what I'm praying today. It says that they were out preaching in Philippi. And here's what's interesting about this. And I want to get this right, but in this scene, they're they're in Philippi and they're preaching and then a mob comes and they're getting beaten and and this is this is a, like a racial mob like this is a like a racial protest because Paul and Silas are Jews but they're Roman citizens and so they kind of don't fit in and, and this is what happens but but they're they're preaching in Philippi which is in Europe and what's crazy is this was the first time that the gospel had ever been preached in Europe the first time but if you read in the scripture that this wasn't actually where they wanted to be, that they actually wanted to go into Asia. But it says that the Spirit of God led them here. And isn't it interesting that the thing that they wanted, that they didn't get, led them to where they needed to be? I wonder how many of us are complaining or upset because the thing that we wanted, we didn't get. But in reality, if we change our perspective, it might actually lead us to where we need to be. But I wonder if we get upset, and I begin to wonder sometimes in my own life, how many things have I missed from God because I wanted it to come one way, but it didn't come that way, so I removed myself from the equation. And I missed out on what God had for me because it didn't come how I wanted or when I wanted. I know how many of us are out there and we're clicking to share, sharing like this by 12 p.m. and God will bless you. And I know how many of us have done that and you're sitting there at 12 p.m. like, where are you, God? I shared it. All my sisters did too. I made sure. It didn't come the way we wanted it. But the thing that they wanted that they didn't get led them to where God needed them to be. That the gospel for the first time ever was preached in Europe. And you might not get some things. You might not get everything you want, when you want, how you want, but if you let God challenge your perspective, you might actually see that He's leading you where you need to be. How many know that God knows what He's doing? God knows what He's doing. And it says that they got beaten. Like, why would God lead me here to allow me to get, like, beaten? Like, okay, are you watching me, or are you looking out for me? Like, I don't think if this would have happened. I think if we did it the way we wanted to, this is Paul, and so I was like, you know, if we went to Asia, I don't think they would be hurting us. Like, I bet they would have been, like, prepared a table and a food for us, and, like, given us something to eat. It would have been really great. But here they're getting beaten. Because did you know that when there's an advancement, that there's always a counterattack? I'm going to say that again, that when you advance in your relationship with God, that there will always be a counterattack, that there will always be the enemy coming against you. It says they were beaten. I wonder how many of us have been beaten before. Maybe not by fists or rods, but maybe you've been beaten by life. Maybe you've been beaten by words, negativity. Past mistakes, a way of thinking, addictions. It says that they were stripped. Maybe, maybe some of us in here have been stripped before. Maybe not of our clothes, but maybe of like our self confidence or self-worth. Maybe we've been stripped of our joy, of our peace. And it says that they were locked in a prison. And and the and the and the, the jailer was told to guard them securely. I wonder how many of us could sit here and think about how many times, every time we begin to move forward in our relationship with God, there it is, the one thing that's keeping me from getting closer. Every time I turn around, there it is, that mistake I made that I just can't get away from it. It's like everywhere I look, the enemy is guarding me. He's he's one step ahead of me every time. And could that be because Paul and Silas were very important to the plan that God had, so they had to be guarded securely. Could it be the reason that you're so guarded? The reason that we struggle so much could be because you're that important to God? That God has actually placed an incredible call on your life? And that the reason that every time you turn around, he tries to remind you of what you're not where every time you try and take a step forward, he tries to pull you back by a decision that you made. Could it be that he's doing that because he knows how important you are and that there's a call on your life and that if it ever got out, the world might be changed? Could it be? See, he knows how important you are. You know, when I was younger, uh, from the time I could talk, they thought it was cute, and the parents would ask me, "Well, what do you want to be when you grow up?" And most kids say a firefighter, most uh, a cop, or yeah. yeah. And from the time I could talk, all I wanted to be was a preacher, and that's say I want to be a pastor like my dad, and that's all I've ever wanted to do. And, and I've tried to think, you know, and, and, and I. I am so thankful for my dad because he would tell me, if you could do anything besides ministry, if there's anything else you would ever want to do, go do that. But there never was. There's never been anything else that I've wanted to do. And it's interesting because from a young age, I used to lay in bed, and I used to think, right? Okay, I came from my parents, and my parents came from God. Where did God come from? (laughs) Like, just track with me, I'm like five, right? (laughs) Where where did God come from? And it's funny, because as we get older, and we begin to learn more about God, we actually realize how little we know about him, (laughs) and as I would get older, and I would learn more things, God created the heavens and the earth. And before before that, it was void. And I'm like, okay, time out. Let's talk about that for a second. What was he doing? Like, what does he do? Before the earth was created, what did he do? How long had he been there? How long has God been God? When did he get that job? What did he do before that? And I would begin to terrify myself because i couldn't wrap my mind around how big he was and how great he was i couldn't do it i it would it would i would it would scare me so bad what do you mean you just were i don't get it there's always been this acute sense of doubt this sliver of i don't understand but I wonder, even as I begin to prepare my message, I begin to think about, what, what, God, what do you want, what do you want to say? And doubts begin to fill my head. If am I qualified to do this? And past mistakes begin to flood my mind, and regrets and things I shouldn't have done or things I'm embarrassed to even talk about. Things I don't want anybody else to know because they might look at me different. God, how could, how could I, what could I even say to them? God, what could I say to them? But could it be that the thing that's been standing at my door, this doubt that should disqualify me from doing what I'm doing in this moment, could it be that that's just an indication of the power of the plan that's on my life? that if it ever got out, that I could possibly change a city? Could it be that the thing that has been holding you back your entire life, could it be the thing that's kept you from moving forward, the fear, the doubt, the insecurity, could that be an indication of the potency of the plan of God that's on your life, that if it ever got out, if the enemy ever made a slip up, and you did what God called you to do, that you could change the world? Are you here today? Come on, God wants to use you. It's an indication of the power of the plan that's on your life. It says that they were put in jail. They were put in prison. I love this. Receiving such an order, he put them in the inner prison and secured their feet in the stocks. And I got this chain here. And it says that he he put them in the stocks. And see, I believe in this moment that the jailer did one thing right and he did one thing wrong. See, I believe he did one thing to make sure that they couldn't move. But I think he did one thing to make sure that they didn't stay there. And I read it and you missed it. But don't worry, because I'm going to review. Because I'm not bitter about Miss Green in seventh grade, not going over the test one more time. But I passed. The C minus. <laughs> Receiving such an order, he put them in the inner prison and secured their feet in the stocks. He put them, plural, in the inner prison, singular. He put them together in one place. I have a question. If you're here, And I know it's the weekend, it's Sunday morning, we put our best clothes on, we tell our kids before we get out of the car, now you're gonna be on your best behavior today. And if you're good, I'll give you an ice cream cone after service, which is cheating because it's free, okay? That's all I'm saying. And I know we show up on Sundays and we make sure that we look like we have it all together. And the mindset is if we could just get through today, If we can just get through this service, we can figure out what's wrong with the kids, how I can fix my spouse later, and I'll just deal with it this week. But I was talking to somebody earlier, I think a couple weeks ago, and we were just talking, and it got to the point where he said, man, I just need you to pray. I need you to pray for my family. We're going through some stuff at home, and it's getting kind of hard. I said, I'm going to pray for you, man. And I said, but I want you to know something, that there's a lot of families right now that I know of that are going through something. And he looked at me and he said, it's just good to know that we're not the only ones. But if you're here today, and there's a struggle in your life, you're going through something. Whether it's a mindset, an addiction, whether pain from the past can't leave you alone, an insecurity that you're having to deal with and maneuver through, doubts or if you're here today and like you're not perfect would you just stand with me real quick if that's you I'm standing right now if if that's you and you can relate would you stand with me that there's a struggle big or small could you look around for a second and realize that you're not the only one standing do you know that the mistake that the enemy made that if he really wanted to take you out that if he really wanted to get you away from the call of God in your life That he probably shouldn't have let you come to church today. That he probably shouldn't have let you come in the same room as other people. That's why we do a section connection. Because together we're better. Paul and Silas were in the jail. That little and is the enemy's problem. And I'm telling you right now today that the call of God on your life is true and that God has never, never failed you. And that the reason you're in this room today is because together we can do more than we ever could on our own. That God has a plan for each and every one of us. Together, we're better. Together. High five someone and tell them together, take a seat. See, Paul and Silas are in the jail and it says that at midnight they began to sing. They were praying and singing hymns to God. And I love this little part. And the prisoners were listening to them. know that it's not always about you I'm coming to learn that it ain't always about me see sometimes our perspective is well I'm in the prison I'm in this bondage how am I going to get out but the I, I don't see a any other important reason for that phrase other than it's not always about me and I picture Paul and Silas, and they're in this prison. They've just been beaten, and they've just been stripped of their clothes, and, and they've, been, they've been beaten by rods, and they've probably been punched, and after many blows, so it wasn't just like one or two, like, it was real. But they're in this prison, and I I picture Paul as kind of like a hard man, like grumpy. Like he looks like he's mad all the time You know, I don't know why but I just do and what's funny is When I picture Paul, I think about my grandpa My dad's dad and I didn't know him that well like I was I don't remember how old I was when he passed away But this is in the stories that my dad would tell me about him. He was a boxer a prized fighter for the Navy and he was a logger and He had these hands and he would describe them. They were tough as leather and and he would discipline my dad in, in the ways he would do it and, and, and I just, when I think about him, and he, at one point he was the town drunk, and, and but, but he found Jesus and he began to let other people know about Jesus and he started churches and it was an amazing he was an amazing man, but when I think about him, I kind of think about Paul, I don't know why, and when I think about Silas, I don't think like that at all like when I think about Silas, I think about like, just the nicest guy you've ever met just like, you know, like he might be upset with Paul, but he's not gonna say it. Like, he's just like, no, nah, it's gonna be okay. Like, I know you forgot your wallet and you asked me to come to lunch with you, but it's okay, like, I'll just pay, it's no big deal. And I picture them in, in the cell. And I picture them, and they're just, you know, trying to get comfortable. And it's hard though, because you got these chains. And I've been beaten, and my back hurts, and Silas is over here, and he's been uh may amazing grace. And I picture Paul on the other side, because they don't necessarily want to be together. And, and he's like, Silas, shut up. Not right now. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm tired. We were supposed to be doing this for Jesus. And this is where we're at. And yeah, you have Silas over here and he's like, I once was blind, but now I see. And I think Paul began to get the picture. I think they both began to sing. Because remember, the prisoners were listening to them. They were an example. And I think they began to get it. And I think if it was more of a modern day thing, your promise still stands. Great is your faithfulness. Your faithfulness. I've seen you move. move moved mountains. And I believe. To do it again, your promise still stands. Great is your faithfulness. Great is your faithfulness. Yeah. I think they began to realize that it wasn't about them, but they were an example for those around them. And that what you're going through right now, I know it might be tough, and I know it might be dark. And I know it might be hard, and it's probably not fair, but could it be that you're an example to those around you? That by you singing, by you praising God in your storm, that the chains on your life could be broken, that cracks could begin to fill your chains, and a suddenly moment could happen, and there they go. I don't know what you're going through today. I'm not going to downplay it at all. Because life is hard. People make mistakes. People hurt people. And even when you're trying to do the right thing, even when you're doing what God has called you to do, and you get hit, You get punched. Could it be that by your faithfulness and who God is, that you could help other people around you get set free? That not only could you leave here today free of the things that have been holding you back, but people that you're connected to could also be set free because it says that every prison door was open. All the chains came loose. You know, there's a story of this evangelist, and he was going to do crusades in, I believe, it was Africa. And they asked him to come to a local prison. And so he said, okay. And when he got there, the crusade had already began, already started, and he could hear them singing inside and. The team met him before he walked in. They met him out there and they said, hey, we just want you to know that when you go in there, it's like nothing you've ever seen before. But we just want you to prepare yourself for that. He said when he walked in, it was almost like it brought you back to medieval times. That there's these men that are sentenced to death row. That there's bodies laying around. And that the, the, the chains that they used to to keep them from moving, that they were welded to their skin, that it was metal to flesh connection. But he said that when he got in there, that wasn't the crazy part. It was the fact that the men sentenced to death row were on the stage and they were singing songs and they would shake their chains to the beat of the music and they were singing, this is the day that the Lord has made and I will rejoice and be glad in it. This is the day that the Lord has made, and I will rejoice and be glad in it. And in that moment, God spoke to that man and said, I want you to go tell the leader who's up there on stage that he's gonna be set free, and that God's gonna do a work in his life, and he's gonna preach the gospel all over this country. And he said, are you sure, God? And it wasn't like there was any release from it, so, When he could, he went to that guy and said, thus saith the Lord that you're gonna be set free and you're gonna preach the gospel for Jesus and you're gonna set other people free. And the guy looked at him and said, are you sure? He said, because here's the deal, the executioner comes every month and he takes us all out and he lines us up at that tree over there and he puts a noose around One by one puts a noose around our neck, throws the rope over the tree and begins to hoist us up. And for the last three months, every time it's gotten to my turn, he's looked at us and said, I'm tired today. I'll come back next month. I don't feel well today. I'll be back next month. He said, the execution is coming next week. Are you sure that's what God said? He said, thus saith the Lord, this is what he said. The evangelist went to the governor's house, and he wasn't home, but his wife wasn't. He said, the guy you have in prison on death row, we need him to be set free. God said he's going to preach the gospel. And she said, well, we'll consider it if you'll pay for my three kids to go to school in America. He said, I'm a missionary. I have no money. Like, how does that work? And he didn't know what else to do. He exhausted every resource he had. So he moved on. A couple weeks later, he got a call. Have you heard about the revival going on? He said, no, what happened? But that man was set free. He began to preach the message of Jesus. So that guy got a hold of him, paid for him to go to Bible college for four years. And to this day, that man is preaching the gospel all over that country. Could I tell you today that if you would change your perspective that your praise in your dark hour, that if you would take the chains that are holding you and you would begin to shake them to the beat of the song of the Lord that's on your heart, I know your promise still stands. Great is your faithfulness. Great is your faithfulness. That those chains will have to come off in the name of Jesus. If you're here and this is you, that this is, the, this is describes your situation, that it might be dark. It's like midnight, God, I don't know how you're gonna do it. God, I don't see a way out of this. God, I don't see how you can restore this. If you're struggling with a mindset, with an addiction, and every time you try and take a step forward, it's like it knocks you two steps back. Maybe there's a mindset you have Maybe it's a it's a past mistake, whatever it might be. And today you're gonna to take a stance of faith that today you're gonna to leave here different than when you came in. That the thing that was holding on to you, that today you're gonna to make an example of it. That no, you can't hold me anymore because the power of the call that's on my life, the plan that God has for me, is too big that you made a way when there was no way. I've seen you move the mountains, and God, I know you're gonna do it again. If that's you and you're ready to make that declaration, would you stand to your feet right now? Wherever you're at. God is in this place. what we're going to do is we're going to start to sing. And we're going to start to praise. Because we know that our praise has the power to break our chains. And that as you begin to sing, you know, what usually happens with me is I begin to sing, doubts start to come. Can I tell you that that is a sign that you're moving in the right direction? That the doubt and the pain Is a sign that you're moving towards your purpose. So as they begin to lead us in worship, I encourage you to lift your hands. Because it's not a sign of saying, God, you're going to do more for me. But no, it's a sign of saying, God, this is yours. That this is you and not me. That I surrender this to you. Come on, God, your promise still stands. We're going to sing it right now. And I want you to declare it over your life, your family, your kids. Come on.
1: Your promise still stands. Great is your faithfulness. Faithfulness. I'm still in your hands. This is my call.
0: ready to do something in your life and here's what's amazing is he's actually already done it he's already done it you know in order for Paul and Silas to be free they had to leave the cell and sometimes we get so consumed in our minds with the chains we see laying around that we realize they're not even attached to us we just see them and that the, the prison door might be there, but it's not even locked. And all you have to do is take a step out and walk into what God has called you to do. So as we, as we begin to sing this next part, I encourage you, if you're ready and you're serious about this, it's not just a, it's not just something nice, glamorous, so I can be like everybody else, but if you're serious about this, I encourage you to step out to the altar. I encourage you, as we begin to sing this next part, step out as an indication of God I'm going to walk in the freedom that you have bought for me right now step out here we go come on sing it out I want you to lift your hands, especially if you're at this altar. See, I think sometimes we look at Paul and Silas and we think, well, they're so far, they're so much farther than we are. They're better than we are. That's just the enemy. And I want you to know that God has given you the power, it's called His grace. That it's not a way for you not to do what you have to do. It's not a a thing that helps you hide the sin so you can just keep living the way you want. But his grace is an empowering agent that has paved the way so that you can walk in the calling that God has placed on your life. So that your family can be a family of peace. That your finances could have restoration. That you could do exactly what God has called you to do. It's his grace. And today I pray for every single person with their hands lifted high. God, that your grace is sufficient for them. God, that you have supplied all of their needs according to your riches and glory. That it is by your grace that we're here today standing in the presence of other believers. Realizing that on my own I can't do it. But with everybody surrounding me, God, it's you who is empowering us to live this life. God, I thank you for refreshing grace over every single person in here. God, over every single person standing at this altar, God, that you're good. God, that you're good. And you're perfect in every single one of your ways. So, God, we trust you. God, we trust you. And today we walk out of here in freedom. Not just so we can be free, though. Not just so we could have a great life, but so we could help others get connected to you because our perspective is a byproduct of our connections. God, I thank you that you're good. and God, that you're faithful to complete the work that you started every single time. If you believe it and you receive it, would you just shout to God right now? Come on. Give him a shout of praise. Hallelujah! Hallelujah! Thank you. Here's the deal. I want you to head back to your seats real quick. But we're going to stay in this moment for a second. Because there's a reason we do all this. That it's not for fancy pictures. It's not for a cool Instagram feed. But because we do believe that real life change happens in the context of relationships. And we believe that if you don't have a relationship with God that you can't have real life change, that you can't have the perspective that God has unless you're connected to him. And so what we'd like to do is create an opportunity where if you're here today and you have never made that connection, you've never entered into that relationship, we wanna give you that opportunity right now. And if you're here and you want that relationship and you're ready to take that step in your walk with God, or maybe you're here and you just need to get back on track, Maybe your perspective has shifted this morning and you realize that you're not where God needs you to be. If that's you, can we close our eyes right now? And can we bow our heads? But if you're here and you want that, could you just lift your hand right now for me? Thank you, 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 thank you. Thank you. Come on, thank you. This is why we do it. I just want everybody to repeat after me say, God, I love you, and I thank you for giving your son for my life. Today, I make you the Lord of my life. Come into my heart. Make me clean. Make me new. And I choose to live for you every day of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, let's give the Lord a round of applause. Come on. Hey, let's get loud today.